the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is, With God All Things Are Possible. With God All Things Are Possible. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus is teaching about possessions and told his disciples that it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were astonished and concerned, saying, Who then can be saved? In verse 26, we have Jesus' response. Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So what prompted Jesus to say such a thing? The answer is that he wanted to show his disciples and us that what we think cannot be done is no challenge at all to God, for he is the God of impossibilities and can make a way where there is no way. He can even change or override the physical laws that he established when he created the universe. An example of this is found in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 4 through 6. The context is that the prophet Elisha, who had a school of the prophets, uh, needed more space to accommodate the students who were coming. And so they needed to build uh, or expand the campus. And we pick up the story in verse 4. It says, when they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried, it was a barred axe. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. God made an iron axe head to float like a cork. You see, he is the God of the impossible. Amen. If God says he will do something for you and for me, he will do it. 
Is your God today a God of miracles? A God who specializes in the impossible? The Apostle Paul believed in such a God. And so he uses all of Romans chapter 4 as a case study of the nature of faith. He appeals to the life of Abraham, the most important Jew who ever lived, and perhaps the greatest human character in the Bible. Abraham's name is found six to four times in the New Testament, although he lived 2,000 years before Christ. In Romans chapter 4, 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul says, For Abraham is a spiritual father of us all. As the scripture says, I have made you father of many nations. So the promise is good in the sight of God, in whom Abraham believed, the God who brings the dead to life and whose command brings into being what did not exist. It is a story of a woman who gave birth at the age of 90. If that sounds impossible, consider this. Her husband was almost 100 years old. So before you write this, this story as some kind of fairy tale, let me assure you that this story is true. This story told and retold by Jews and Christians across the centuries never fails to capture the imagination. An old man and an old woman, childless for decades, are promised by God that someday they would have a baby. They would have uh, children who would um, be in a position to establish a nation. Abraham responds with total honesty and laughs aloud at what God had said to him. And when Sarah hears the news, she also laughs in unbelief because she didn't think it was possible. So how could such a thing happen? Twenty-five years passed while they waited for God to keep his promise. Now Abraham is 99 and Sarah is 89, and surely they had lost hope during this time. But suddenly, when it seems like all hope is gone, God in intervenes with an amazing announcement. It says that by this time next year, you will have a child. Somehow God imparts life to two tired, worn-out bodies, and one year later, a son is born. They named him Isaac, which means laughter, because that's what they did when they heard that they were going to have a, a, a child. In the Romans 4 account, we discover four facts about Abraham's faith, which is what I want to speak about today. Number one, Abraham had faith in God's promise. Verse 18, God promised Abraham a lot of descendants, and when it all seemed hopeless, Abraham still had faith in God and became the ancestor of many nations. 
This promise must have seemed incredible to a 75-year-old man with no children. 75 is a little late to start a family, and if he could, how could he start a nation? The promise was clearly impossible in, in, from a human standpoint, a pipe dream, a, vi- a vain hope, a wishful thinking by an old man and his old wife. But somehow Abraham found it within himself to believe what God had said. So when you think about it, there's only one way Abraham could have kept believing for all those 25 years. He was God-centered, not man-centered. His life had a vertical focus, not a horizontal focus. He says, as long as Abraham looked at his circumstances, he could find a thousand reasons to give up hope that this could happen. I'm too old. Sarah, my wife, is too old. Nothing like this has ever happened before. We have tried to have a baby for years, and it hasn't worked. Our friends think that we are nuts. See, his only hope was to believe the promise of God. He did, and after 25 years, his faith was rewarded with a son. Now, James says a person who wavers in his faith should not expect anything from God. So look at James chapter 1, 5 through 8. In the contemporary English version, it says, If any of you need wisdom, you should ask God, and it will be given to you. God is generous and won't correct you for asking. But when you ask for something, you must have faith and not doubt. Anyone who doubts is like an ocean wave tossed around in a storm. If you are that kind of person, you can't make up your mind, and you surely can't be trusted. So don't expect the Lord to give you anything at all. See, the enemy, the devil, will always get your focus of God and place it on the circumstances that you are facing. You see, when you make a statement of faith declaring what you are believing God for, the first thing he'll do is start asking you questions and sowing seeds of doubt, saying, have you considered this? Have you thought about that? Do you know that what you are believing God God for goes against what is happening in the world, what uh, what we have experienced? You see, the devil may ask, why hasn't God answered you yet? If God was going to answer you, he would have already done it. You see, if the enemy of your soul, the devil can get you to consider everything around you, he can get you to forget the promises of God. So don't just consider the situation or the circumstances of your life. Trust God's promise, for he controls all circumstances, and he will not let you down. 
But the second point is that Abraham's faith was based on the word of God. This is always where faith meets the acid test. Are you willing to believe God even when the outward circumstances argue against it? Abraham was. Where would he find any encouragement to cause him to, to continue to hold on uh, to the promise of God? He couldn't get it from his friends. He couldn't get it from his wife, Sarah, because she thought it was all a cruel joke. He couldn't get it from his father, Terah, who was dead. From his uh, nephew Lot, he couldn't get it because while Abraham was grappling with God's promise, Lot was playing games down in Sodom. All Abraham had was the bare word of God. And that is always true of faith. And it is one of its most marvelous characteristics. Faith does not ask for proofs. Faith is content with the bare word of God because of who God is. As Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Here's a marvelous principle of the spiritual life. God wants to bring us to the place where our trust will be in him and in him alone. He brings us to that place by removing all human support. And from time to time we find ourselves in a position where no one but God can help us. In that moment, our tendency is to panic. But when we get to the place where only God can help us, we become excellent candidates for a miracle. A man by the name of Jerry Hansen, some 30 or 40 years ago, suggested that when we are in a crisis situation, we go through five stages. And I like what he had to say because it, it makes sense. He says, stage one, you say, I know God will take care of me. And this is the brave moment at the beginning of the crisis when faith fills your heart and in full assurance you proclaim that God has the power to pull you out of the mess that you're in. But about a week later, then we move to stage two. I think God can take care of me. You still believe in the miracle, but God seems to be taking his own time getting around to it. As the days pass, the hours of doubt find their way into your heart, but you counter them by saying, any day now, God is going to work his miracle. And then a month or more later, into stage three, I hope God will take care of me. You see, even that crisis for a month or more, and deep in your heart, you're beginning to plan for the worst. What ifs fill your mind and cloud your confidence. In your better moments, you believe God can come through for you, but your doubt is almost as big as your faith. 
But then there's the fourth stage, stage four, when you say, there's no way God will take care of me. At this point, doubt has won the battle and faith is nowhere to be found. Anger and despair replace hope and joy. It's all over now and you have lost. But then comes stage five. I don't know how he did it, but God took care of me. So this is always the, the, the final step. Somehow, some way, God took care of you. You got the job, you found the money, you forgave the unforgivable, you battled back from the bottom, and you're on your way back to the top again. How did it happen? You're sure of only one thing. God did it. You had nothing to do with it. And as Hansen points out, that in the really big crises of life, God almost always takes us all the way to stage four before he delivers us. Why? So that when he delivers us, he alone gets the glory. That's what happened to Abraham. God took him to stage four, which took 25 years. And then God gave him a son in stage five. No way for Abraham to take credit for what happened, because God did it. And all of us can testify to the fact that when we thought that nothing would happen, God did something out of the blue, as it were, and uh, saved us and supplied our need and made himself the person that we always believe him to be. But number three, Abraham believed in the face of impossible circumstances. Note how verse 19 puts it. It says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact, underlined he faced the fact, that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. And I love the expression, he faced the facts. You see, in every crisis, you eventually have to face the facts head on. You can't run from reality. I know some people try. I've heard them say things which indicate that they have not yet faced the facts of their situation. You see, if it is cancer, you have to face the fact. Don't try to deny it. It is real. If it's a divorce, that's what it is. If it's the loss of a job, then you've got to face the facts. You can run and hide and stick your head in the sand, but that won't do you any good. Faith doesn't avoid facts. Faith faces them and then reacts to the facts on the basis of the word of God. Faith doesn't say, this is not happening to me. That's not faith. That's pure fantasy. Faith says, this is happening to me, but this isn't God's final word on the subject. Faith believes that beyond the crisis, a better day is uh, waiting to be born. 
Faith believes that there is more than meets the eye. Faith sees things that are invisible to the naked eye. Abraham faced two unavoidable facts. One, his body was dead. Two, Sarah's womb was dead. On both sides of the equation, Abraham faced an absolute impossibility. As, well, on a human level, he was too old, and to put it bluntly, he was impotent, and Sarah was four to five years past menopause. Unless God did a double miracle, no baby would be born. Abraham faced that fact and decided to believe in God anyway. And so number four, Abraham's faith was unwavering. Romans 4, 20 through 24. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. We might sum up Abraham's reaction to his impossible situation in two ways. One, he didn't look for reasons to doubt God. And two, he praised God for the blessing before it ever happened. So many of us fail the test right here. When a crisis comes, we look for reasons to doubt God. All that inner pessimism comes out in the moment of difficulty. Some of us go right to stage four. There's no way God will take care of me. How much better to begin at stage five? by praising God for his answer before the answer ever comes. That is what Abraham did. That is what faith is all about. Now, does it mean that Abraham never doubted? Not at all, because Abraham was human. Abraham may have had his doubts, and that's natural, but he didn't dwell on them. It's what you do with your doubts that makes the difference. You either fight through your doubts or you give in to them. Faith is always a struggle, a battle, a conflict. The point is Abraham doubted and wondered what God was up to, but he never gave up. It is possible Abraham believed and doubted at the same time. God placed the story of Abraham in the Bible for at least two reasons. One, so that we will know that God always keeps his promises. And two, so that we will never stop believing, though we have to wait a long time for God to answer our prayers. Someone says, faith is the capacity to trust God while not being able to make sense of everything. If God can cause an axe head to float, 
and a 90-year-old woman to have a baby, God can do whatever he needs to do in your life and mine. Have faith in God and what appears to be impossible becomes possible, for with God all things are possible, says Jesus. Faith can see the invisible, hear the inaudible, hold the intangible, obtain the inaccessible, and move the unmovable. Faith in the God of the Bible can conquer all circumstances, defeat all discouragements, face all fears, disperse all difficulties, claim all promises, endure all trials, bear all burdens, because with God all things are possible. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at the 2-4. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.